You're now listening to Storm in the Teacup, where small things in the world matter. This Monday, we're gonna talk about Thailand protests, the Queensland election, and more about what is a rental family business. I wish everyone have a very good weekend. I personally feel a little bit blue. I don't know why, but yeah, it has been feeling better. Anyway, this weekend it has been quite chaotic all over the world. What happens in Thailand, and we know that the new South Wales Premier has been knocked down from her work, and there was a lot of different things happening. So let's talk more about the Thailand protest today. The first thing we have to know: why is suddenly it becomes so chaotic in Thailand? The public anger is focused on the PM Pyruf, who was elected last year as his military-based party dominates the political world in Thailand. And although there was a, like a two-month-long、uh, protest in Thailand, it draws attention around the world. Pyruf claimed that he would not resign from his work and would spark the protest into a higher level, which eventually it will.、Um, that happens already in 19 Thailand provinces. And student groups all over around the world have been supporting this movement. And another thing, why is an urge is to push down the Thai king, who we have knew that he lived in Germany, not Thailand. He lived in Germany since 2007. He received money from the Thai government without any public disclosure, so we don't really know how much that he spent per year, or to say like in in assumption. But there was actually some estimated number. On one of the credit card bills that he used in 2016, the king spent around eight million AUD in that five months, and it's only for the accommodations and for the food and like for the rental service, excluding like other expenses like、um, his private jets or money he spent with like women's. Those things wasn't included, but in total, it was estimated that he spent at least a few billion Australian dollars just on like his stay in Germany. And the reason that why he suddenly got back to、uh, Thailand this October, pretty much because October is always like a Thanksgiving, like a Thai Thanksgiving date, for like people to show the gratitude to the royal family.、Um, for this year, he only spent less than twenty four hours in Thailand before October because he just literally just spent all the time he has in in Germany, and that wasn't good. He spent a lot, a lot. According to well, pretty much according to the internet, he actually spent, like I said, well, it was a few billion since two thousand and seven. He spent the entire floor of place in like in a luxury hotel in Germany. He rent the entire floor for more than ten years. That's why it's so expensive on his spending. So people aware this problem a long time ago, but. He was back then. He wasn't the king. He was the prince, and because he was the prince, his father is actually having a higher popularity in Thailand compared to what he did. But his father died four years ago, and since then, like the new Thai king, didn't really come to Thai and do whatever his father was doing back then. So he wasn't really getting a lot of supportive voices in the local. So this protest. Let's talk more about the protest. We、we'll、talk about a lot on the on the background, but okay. The protest started when the Future Forward Party is a party 
that was supported by a lot of young Thai people. It was disbanded by the Constitutional Court of Thailand. The people are so angry about that. That's why they're having like a protest early this year. And because of COVID, the protest stopped temporarily. And it was around two months ago, in the 18th of July, there was a group called Free Youth that lead a few thousands of young people and they gathered at, okay, this is very important places. It's the Bangkok's Victory Monument. So this is a place where everything happens. So what do they demand? They demand three things. It's more like the Hong Kong one, they de- demand for five things. So this one, they demand for three things. The first thing, they're trying to disband the parliament because of the parliament and the PM is not able to recover the economy and to reduce the number of COVID cases in the country. And even they're trying to put the curfew in the country, it doesn't seem to help with the situation. The number doesn't drop. So the first thing they're trying to disband the parliament. The second thing is they're trying to, they should stop threatening the people. It's illegal in Thailand. So weird, but it's illegal to properly criticize the government. And you can get arrested for that. You can put in the jail for that. You can even be like, I don't know, execute for that. God knows, we never know what's happening. In other words, freedom of speech and protest are not protected by the constitution. The constitution is not really protecting the the people. As a result, they're trying to reform the constitution. It was now written by the military government. A modern constitution should be written by different voices and different parties. And for the most importantly, it was backed by law and democracy ideology. At the moment that we have we are facing right now, Thai people cannot vote for their PM or to discharge a high-ranking governance for their incapacity in doing their work. The Thai king changed the constitution as well because he literally wasn't in Thai like local Thai. He was in Germany. He could rule the country outside of his country. Very ironic, but that's what happened in Thai, and people doesn't like it. So, this has been two months of protests all over the country, 19 protests, that is crazy. Uh, personally, I started to focus more on this because of this two weeks, because things start to get more exacerbating, and certainly something's going to happen. Uh, what triggers today's uh, countrywide protests? The first thing, because, of course, is because um, the protests we have two months ago, and the second thing, most importantly, because the government doesn't really give a damn. They have the guns, they have the tanks, they can do curfew, they can say whatever who that guy is, they can say they were having a crime against the country, they got arrested. So protesters, like, they know the way of how they should confront the government. Blood, tears and sweat will only bring a dead end to the protest. So what do they do? The first thing, Thailand protesters are so creative. They're extraordinarily good at using different cultures or collective memories that get everyone's attention. So on yesterday night, the Thai railway company shut down all the metro all around the Bangkok city. The protesters did not set fire, but instead they're putting dog food in the football and wrote on the paper saying that a good dog deserves a good treat and enjoy a meal. So it put that thing and with the paper in front of like some of the railway metro station. It was very 
like special how they use this kind of like humor to trying to like to joke on how the railway company just know how to follow the orders. This is very creative for me. And the second thing they do is I will call it the Harry Potter action. So people gathered around the monument again in the name of protecting the democracy. Most of them dressed like Harry Potter characters and cast spell like protecting democracy. So this is like the, the cast spell they use. And they portray the Tiger King as Voldemort, but again, because of the law, they can't call him that way. So just like the book said, you can't call his name. He who must not be named. And the vice um, PM, instead of calling like him the, the Death Eater, they call him the Tax Eater. So it's very funny how they use the name and trying to make jokes. And that actually brings more awareness around the world of people that actually knows how they can make jokes of the government that they don't really like. So another way is a person that is personally my favorite. They call it the, the run Hamotaro action. Well, Hamotaro is an old cartoon and Hamotaro is actually a pet hamster. The theme song of that cartoon is like where Hamotaro and his hamster friends would run around. So that was a slogan of run Hamotaro is used today because they running around a circle around the monument and run around it. People even dress like characters in the cartoon that day and sing like Hamotaro songs with lyrics that mock the government about like the corruption and things like that, like this wasting people money for no good. Well, bear in mind that it's actually illegal for them to criticize the government, but to mock them, well, it's hard for them to be put in jail for that. And they, of course, they dress like uh, money highs as well, like some of the Netflix shows that's about fighting against an extreme government. So I really, really appreciate how much they're being creative. And to to my opinion is Thai like commercial videos is usually very funny and very creative. And you never know what's the ending. And eventually you don't really know what kind of products they're trying to sell. So. I'm very glad that I could see this kind of creativity in a protesting. And for the turning point, what happens is around a week ago, more intense protests started around the Victory Monument, where both sides started to use more violent tactics. And the rest is pretty much history. It's pretty much what we saw on um, the television. Personally, I do not find that uh, weird because Essentially, this is what people already expected. And I would say that for people that haven't really saw that like, in real life, this is actually not something that you will find that too um, exaggerated, especially if there's something that happened in front of you. Uh, whatever you need to know is how you know to get away from danger. It's more important for uh, most people. And personally, I just feel like if you face this on, maybe you're going on uh, Taurus, you're a Taurus, just go away. They know that you're not part of it. Uh, I will always say like, if you're having like this situation where you don't know which size to pick, always go to the protester side because that must be something they have to voice out. Remember, if they got caught, then we'll be, nothing that will be executed, but at least we're put into jail, they will suffer. And there must be a reason why they stand out and to conquer in front of the world, even though that they know that there was a chance that they would be put into jail. So always try and understand the protest before you're trying to put your shoes into the government side. So 
let's talk back about the Thailand uh, protest. The government respond with three different ways. The first thing is emergency stays, which um, they're trying to put you into curfew. Pretty much this is what we heard all the time. So nothing really special. The second thing is to having people do not have any gather with more than five people. So if more than five people, you're literally illegal. And the last thing is they're trying to restrict the media from reporting any news. So they want to block down the news. No one outside of the country should know what's happening, but it's not possible. Today we have social media, we have a lot of things. If that happens, like literally like 15 years ago, probably you can still do it because internet wasn't really that viral. And you can't really control people on how they think about different situations. And for the first like 10 years, the last 10 years, people have been more um, concerned about critical thinking. And with social media, there's too much voice. You can't really control one single voice. And maybe it's time for this like extreme government to listen to people. Anyways, another thing that the reports have been like go all over the internet is that it's pretty much them, they're trying to learn from the Hong Kong protest method where they utilize like umbrellas you can bring umbrellas on the street because, well, you could just claim that it's a rainy season. They can't really declare that as a weapon and they can't charge you with that. So what you have to do, you just open your umbrella, do not resist, do not use any violence. And this is more like the Hong Kong one as well because uh, they are more like be water movement. Like um, the philosophy from Bruce Lee, be water means like you're more, um, well, you're more fluent in general. You know that when you should come, when you should go, and with like a Twitter, they actually just announce where they're gonna be within like 10 to 15 minutes before they actually will be there and do something, and after that they're gone. So they do not let the police to stop them, uh, or to arrest them, or to know that, oh, you know that this place is gonna have a protest, and you are here because you're a protester. Well, you can just say like, because uh, I, I came here because, um, oh, I just feel like being here, or I love to spend time with my friends right here. There's no way they can charge you for going there for nothing. And right now, today, as we are talking, with more than 10,000 protesters, the Thai PM finally agreed to discuss with the protest leader. But again, this is not an end to the protest, but probably a huge reformation of the country. Um, I personally find that it might be a chance for reformation it might be another chance for the things to just, well, it sparks, it spread, but it just died in the middle. It happens before. I really wish that would be a good thing because a reformation or a change is probably what the 2020 have been trying to, like teaching us to do it. We learned so much about like changing the world this year, especially this year. And personally, I feel like Changing is something that we need. And another thing is to realize that an old system is something that we do not really need anymore. Personally, I feel like the Thai people does not have a strong connection with the royal family compared to what like the old um, Thai people used to have. While right now, they're not really having like a lot of discussion with, they can't really have any discussion with uh, the royal family. They're literally in Germany all the time. They have time difference over these two places. So there's no way they can actually talk. And especially because the family is so distant, um, there's no like middleman between like the general public and the high rank. It just sparked like 
more difference from uh, old people and young people, while the old people more representing like the higher ranking of people in the world. I mean, not in the world in Thailand, but um, in general, in the world, people have higher ranking, they are more conservative, while people in uh, like uh, younger people, they usually have a more uh, open-minded, accepting ideas all around the world. So I really wish that they could actually do something better for the country. And it's glad that they can see something different that's seeing around the world, not just uh, in Thailand, maybe in America, in Australia, you name it. So I think this is pretty much for this week about the, the Thailand protest. Hopefully there's some more update next week and we'll see about that. So the second thing we're going to talk about is the Queensland election. Well, if you're in Queensland, remember the last day of this month, the 31st of this month, is the election day. And it's time to vote because it's time for you to make a decision. Okay, so now we have to know that there was two different parties that you could actually vote for. There are more parties, but two big parties we can vote for. First, we know Palastu. She's now the Queensland Premier who faced a lot of criticism this year because of the highest employment unemployment rate in the country and damages to tourism industry because of the closed border. And in this background, she and the Labour Party will continue to build more jobs and to subsidize to recover the economy while to keep the border closed and safe. And the another party we know as the Liberal National Party, which represented by a fragmented um she called the one thing that I agree on that the Queensland economy was in trouble long before COVID. Now it's time that it's in crisis and that's why this election is for. It's about like recovering the economy. Both parties really trying to recover um, the economy. And now the Liberal National Party did not really announce similar announcement as the Premier did. But focus more on the tax reduction and like the lower car rental fee to around 300 bucks per year and investing more on the futures um, that's what she said personally a lot of people in Queensland that I, I saw and I, I met a lot of people have one single problem they have a good job they're excellent people but they didn't got paid very well on that and there was a lot of large employer in the state whilst a lot of small business serving around them in the country imagine this um, you go to Macca's you get a Big Mac and there was lettuce, there was tomato inside. Who is going to be there and give you the tomato and lettuce? There must be someone that was planting those tomato and lettuce for you. And those are small companies that work for Macis. Um, That's fine because you're still going to eat a Big Mac while in COVID high. But imagine there was other like small companies. Like if you're working for uh, the movie world, you're probably not getting a lot of pay this day because... Even movie world wasn't opening like every day during the COVID time. So it's definitely going to be traumatizing and crushing the economy and business for these like small um, companies. And in my world, it seems like uh, the LMP is helping more with the fixed tax policy on her first possible term. And that will actually help with small companies because you know what's going to happen on your outcome. Even your income wasn't really that stable at the moment. You know what is your possible expenses um, regarding to like uh, the government. Well, the Labour Party is more personal. If you were like an employee, like um, you get more 
you know what's gonna be subsidized for you if you're going for like TAFE you're under 25 you know that it's gonna be free and this actually correlate with um, the nation's uh, infrastructure plan where you know that if you got money subsidized for free like for education when you go to the industry you also got subsidized for that so it's a win-win situation personally for employee and also for um, like companies another thing is if you're voting for uh, the Labour Party it actually spend more on like palliative care and you will be benefited to that for like um, retirees is also being benefited with that but it also depends on which part of uh, the state you're in usually in more rural is more towards the Labour Party because it actually has a better plan for retiree and older population group so personally I feel like if you're willing to vote it's a good thing not every country like Thailand they don't even have a like a right to vote if you're willing to vote that's already good enough to help the country and I think this is pretty much for this because we are literally just um, 12 days like before the election there's more news coming up and definitely we're going to follow up more on election because I'm I could reckon this is going to be the biggest news of this month well of course after the AFL finals this is definitely the biggest news of uh, Queensland in this month so after that we're going to talk something I find that really really funny I actually knew that for a long time but not until this week uh, I go on YouTube and I find more about it it's called the rental family service so what exactly is this a rental family service it sounds really really weird um okay a little bit of the background this actually provides the client who really wants like uh, friends a companionship in general like they want someone to be their friends their family members or even like lovers to attend social gathering like uh, weddings or reunion sometimes you just don't want to be embarrassed with the fact that you're alone well being alone is not shameful but for people that really don't know that they feel like they need an urge to uh, find someone that really can like, accompany them on social um, situation so early in the 90s it was actually developed by a Japanese man who at first he just wanted to help his friend who was a single mom he wanted her daughter to get into a better kindergarten which was preferred married um, parents but the kid got really nervous because she wasn't really used to him so the interview wasn't really going very good but he actually find that it might be a good business opportunity and because Japanese is highly materialistic society it actually needs like a lot of like um, superficial things to help them to build up like the like the image so they really need that and how much would that be okay may I guess in 10 years ago so 2009 is around 2000 Australian dollars for the basic service it will include different service like how you want them to call you or like how should they touch you well you can add more of course if you want to be like um, having a genuine speech pretending like um, you got like a father or something like that and you can pay them like a hundred bucks for a genuine speech on your wedding so one of the very interesting case I read is um, how could this service actually healed up a broken family so there was a man who lost his wife and his daughter never talked to him anymore because of a fight they have like a long time ago well let's give him a name let's call him um ben let's call him ben okay 
So at night, Ben felt very lonely after work. So he recalled a company who actually did the service and ordered for like a service. They first met in like a cafe where actors were asked how they should act. So Ben showed how his wife used to toss her hair and arrange her hair and how the daughter would have a playful way to poke him in the rib. And for that meal, it's around like 500 bucks AUD. So they, they have like the second meetup again and they have dinner at his house. His wife would cook him the favorite dish while Ben would just sit there and chat with the daughter. Then they finish the, uh, the dinner and they watch TV together. After that, they have a lot of different, like this kind of follow-up meeting while the guy and other actors will be more closer and closer each time. The wife sometimes will actually give herself outside of the character and will actually complain about her real husband. Ben felt more relieved to talk about his real daughter, which decided to move in with a random guy where the random guy Ben never met. So they had a fight about that and that's why they never talked to each other anymore. The daughter, I mean, the, the actor, the doctor, is, is around like early 20 and told the guy that uh, if you never express yourself in the right way, that there's no way that your daughter is going to listen to you. So the daughter felt that his real daughter would find it hard to apologize but was actually waiting for him to call her. So Ben did call his daughter at last and telling her like how he felt about this and how sorry he was and why he has the courage to call. It takes a few tries, but eventually um, Ben and his daughter talked again. So it was really good for how this kind of service actually, I wasn't expecting that would actually help with people that rebuilding um, the image at first and also rebuilding a broken family. And for me, do I feel like in Australia, we really need this kind of business. Is there a potential to it? Well, money-wise, definitely. Because one meal, they're going to pay you 500 Definitely, totally. Money, 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 money. But, but in reality, is that really necessary for me? Well, I feel like um, this is actually a good way for me to learn about how I can talk to different people, no questions. But how much people really need the service? Like, it's much easier to make friends compared to like a uh, like Asian country where you, you probably just find struggling to talk with people that you never knew before. But right here, it'd be easier to open with a conversation. It might still need for that because we're off somewhere, you have a reunion, then you want to find someone to accompany you. But again, is something that is only like for now, it's temporary, but in overall, like in the long run, I feel like people really need to talk with someone that have been really talking for a long times. This definitely could give a solution for, for now. I feel like, yes, yes, totally this is going to be a potential business opportunity, but it would be hard for people to accept this idea, given that it was completely new here in Australia, and people who learned this probably just beginner like me and I searched online there wasn't actually not that service and people usually have a very bad reputations to this kind of service they feel like you're paying someone to do something pretty much like you're hiring a prostitute I mean that wasn't how I feel it but that was how a lot of people thought about it but I would feel like if I'm gonna do it definitely we need to recruit more people people actually go through like some adding calls it's not something that like me can I can do it. I definitely need to go on for some more training before I can do this. But 
when I do this, I will definitely be good at this. I will be able to act like someone that they can believe in, talk them into this. But for now, I'm just gonna wait and observe. And I think this is pretty much what I want to talk about this week. It has been a long week and I have no idea why I feel so blue. But yeah, um, my girlfriend Shannon, she has been so sweet to me and we're just spending some good time together watching Netflix, watching Friends. We're actually now on um, second season. Um, it has been quite good so far. And if you really like this show and there's something you want to talk about, feel free to contact me on Twitter. And my Twitter is T like T E A and then podcast with an S. So I will see you on the coming Friday. Don't forget to follow us, and you can check on our most updated message. And I will talk to you on Friday. Bye bye.